Scripture reading this morning is James chapter 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If you're one of our visitors this morning, we're really glad that you've come our way. We're glad that um, you've, you've chosen to come and worship God with us. Thank you so much for your presence. Just very briefly, one week from today begins our fall gospel meeting. Mike Vestal from Midland, Texas will be with us. And so all day Sunday next week, he's going to be speaking from God's word to us. Uh, Sunday morning, by the way, for Bible class, all adults and teens will be in this room in the auditorium. And uh, Mike will be speaking to an adult, uh, combined adult and teen class on Sunday morning uh, this coming week. And then uh, Monday night at seven, Tuesday night at seven and Wednesday night at seven next week. Uh, he'll be speaking each night. This is an opportunity for us to grow spiritually, but it's also an opportunity for us to invite our friends and neighbors and loved ones. And I guarantee if you've ever heard Mike speak, you'll never leave disappointed uh, that God's word has been preached uh, or hasn't been preached. That Mike always does a great job, a fantastic job of preaching from God's word and making relevant applications. He's going to be speaking about liberty in Jesus and his gospel. And all lessons will be coming from the book of Galatians. So you might want to read the book of Galatians once or twice this week to get ready for that event. Starting next Sunday, continuing through the following Wednesday. Please be uh, praying about this, planning for this, and you'll be seeing more updates and information as the week goes on. Be praying for it and, and look forward to it. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, maybe the most challenging element of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Patience. It's something that everybody admires, but almost everybody admits that we need more of, isn't it? When I'm driving around town, I've noticed that people have started putting bumper stickers on their cars that say, student driver, please be patient. Have you seen that? In my family, we have an ongoing debate about how long is the appropriate amount of time to wait when the light changes and the person in front of you is texting on their phone. How long is appropriate before you honk the horn? I'm faster on the horn than most of my family would have me to be. And so I'm trying to back off and be more patient. Somebody has described patience using our car illustrations as letting the motor idle while you feel like stripping the gears. It's hard to be patient. And yet people realize that patience is valuable, don't they? We realize that there are some things in life that only happen when we wait, when we're patient. It's one thing that frustrates us about government policies in a democracy like ours. The idea that making decisions for the now and the here may not be ultimately what's best for later and yet people become impatient about solutions to problems and challenges that face us. It's difficult to be patient, even though we realize there's good in patience. Aristotle, the Greek philosopher, said this, patience is bitter, but the fruit is sweet. I like that. Patience is bitter, but the fruit is sweet. If you ever want to pray a challenging prayer, ask God for patience. And one thing I've learned about patience is that whenever you ask for patience, you have to have some circumstances or some people that test your patience in order to grow. 
And so in answering your prayer for patience, oftentimes in his providence, God allows us to experience some trying times. Think about patience this way. It's valuable, it's essential to living the Christian life, but in order to grow in patience, our patience has got to be tested. And that's a difficult thing to allow our patience to be tested and then to endure to be patient with the right attitude. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we're in the middle of a series, if you're joining us for the first time this morning, we're in the middle of a series on the fruit of the Spirit. When God has his way in our lives, what will be produced? What kinds of evidences will there be that God is leading us, that we're listening obediently to his word and putting it into practice in our lives? And here's what he says in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the spirit, when God has his way, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You know, somebody observed that the first three qualities of the fruit of the Spirit may especially have to do with our relationship with God, love, joy, and peace. And that the second group of three has more to do maybe with our ability to relate to others, patience and kindness and goodness. And that the last three have to do with our relationship with ourselves, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't know that Paul had all that in mind when he listed these nine qualities, but it's something to think about. Being patient, being forbearing, holding up with a positive attitude, waiting without worrying, that's a challenge for all of us. And yet it's essential to living the Christian life. Let's talk this morning about the fruit of patience in our lives and ask the question, first of all, what's the foundation for all this? In other words, why is it so important for me to be patient? And can I make this one last observation? Patience is for this world, not the next. Think about that. Patience is something you need here in this world because this world's full of sin and trials and challenges, but you're not going to need patience in the next world. When you go to heaven, when you're with God and all the saints for all of eternity, when you're there, there's no more need for patience. There will be a need for love, but there's no more need for patience. Don't have to wait for anything else. We don't have to endure anything else. Patience is something that we need here and now. And what's the foundation for it? And I would argue to us this morning, the reason why you, as a human being, ought to strive to grow in patience is because God is patient. That's the basis. That's the foundation. Why should you and I be patient? Because God is patient. In the past, he has been patient. 1 Peter 3 verse 20 tells us that in the days of Noah, God was patient with people while Noah built the ark. Noah was preaching sermons to the people that came to laugh at him and mock him. Why are you building a boat in the middle of the land, Noah? This doesn't make any sense. And Noah, for over a hundred years, was preaching as he was building. And God was being patient with people during that event. In his dealings with Israel, Nehemiah prays in Nehemiah chapter 9. Read that passage for your homework this afternoon. Nehemiah chapter 9 is one of the greatest prayers in all the Bible. And Nehemiah recalls as he prays in Nehemiah 9, 16 through 21 about the patience of God. Here's what he says. 
God, you are abundant and rich in mercy and grace and loving kindness. And God, you are slow to anger. Just think about, Nehemiah says, when those Israelites were down at the base of Mount Sinai building that golden calf. And God, you didn't destroy them. And just think about when they rebelled against you for 40 years in the wilderness and you didn't destroy them then either. Thank you, God, for being so patient with your people. That's Nehemiah's prayer, and that's a prayer maybe you and I need to adopt into our lives as well. Thank you, God, for being patient with me, with my family, with my loved ones. People today, God is being patient with us. 2 Peter 3, verses 7 through 9, the Bible tells us that this world and all that's in it are going to be destroyed. They're going to melt with a fervent heat, the Bible says. And the scripture says a lot of people are going to scoff at that and say, well, why hasn't it happened? Jesus ascended 2,000 years ago. Where is he? Where is the promise of his coming? And Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, he says, with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. And then he says in verse nine of 2 Peter 3, he says, and the reason why God has not yet done what he's promised to do is because he's patient with us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is being patient with us. Think about this as we consider the idea that the reason why I ought to be patient is because God's patient with me. The purpose of God's patience, number one, as we just read in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, it provides an opportunity for salvation. You ever look around you in the world and see the things that are happening and you wonder, how long, O Lord? That's what the first century Christians did. How long, O Lord, until you return? How long until this world comes to an end? How long are you going to allow these things to go on? And the Bible tells us the reason why God delays is because he wants all men to be saved. He's providing opportunities. And we ought to be interested in the salvation of other people as a result. It's about God's patience with us. Not only is his patience there to provide opportunity for salvation, but it's also to lead us to repentance. Romans 2 verse 4 speaks about the mercy and the loving kindness and the patience of God, which ought to lead us, which ought to cause us to repent. When we stop and think about what we have done with our lives, the choices we've made, the evil we've accomplished, when we think about those things and then remember the goodness of God, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that ought to lead us to turn back to him. How good he is, how good he has been, how good he continues to be. I want to come home to my father. That's the attitude that God has toward us. He wants us to come home to him, leads us to repent. It also teaches us to delight in his loving kindness. In Psalm 103, verses 8 through 18, let me just read a portion of that passage to you this morning. Psalm 103, beginning in verse 8. Listen to what the psalmist says. And what he's doing is he is exulting in, he is rejoicing in the compassion and the grace and the, and the mercy and the patience of God. Listen to his words. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide. He will not keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. 
What's he writing about? What's he telling us about God? He's telling us that we serve a God who is compassionate and gracious and merciful. And those things are expressed, brothers and sisters, in his patience toward us. We ought to appreciate the God that we serve. And I'll tell you something, as a dad, as a husband, as somebody who has loved ones that I live with, it's hard sometimes to be patient with the people that are closest to us. Think about it. But when I think about God and how he treats me, it ought to have an effect on how I treat other people. The fruit of the spirit is patience. And if you and I would be like God, if we would serve him and honor him, we need to adopt the same attitude toward others that God adopts. That's the foundation of patience. Consider this secondly, it's necessity. Why do we need it? Let me suggest the following. Number one, patience, brothers and sisters and friends, is an expression of love. When you say, I love you to someone else, but you refuse to show patience, your words are empty. I love you, how patient are you? In Kids Sing on Sunday nights, our young people and all of us that have been coming on Sunday nights, we've been learning 1 Corinthians 13. And the first thing that 1 Corinthians 13 tells us about love is that love suffers long, love is patient. 1 Corinthians 13, verse four. And you know what? In that same description, the last thing it says about love is that love endures all things, hopes all things. That's what love is like. Love bears all things. 1 Corinthians 13, verse seven. The start and the finish of the description of love in 1 Corinthians 13 both describe being patient with others. I say again, you have to be irritated, you have to be aggravated, you have to be annoyed in order to practice patience. It's not patience if you're enjoying what's happening. If you're having a great time, it's not patience. It's patience if you're irritated and annoyed and you express as a matter of godliness, I want to wait, I want to express love. Secondly, why do we need patience? Because we want God to be patient with us. James 2 verse 13, judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We need in our dealings with others to remember how God has dealt with us. That's the parable of the unjust servant. In Matthew chapter 18 verses 32 through 35, the unforgiving servant he was forgiven a great debt by his master, remember? And then Jesus said, a very, very small debt by comparison his friend could not repay. And so he took him by the throat and he threw him into prison until he should pay all of it. And when people heard about that servant's treatment of his friend, they went back to the master and they told him about what had happened. And Jesus says that the master came back and he threw that servant into prison himself. The lesson that Jesus is giving to us the way we treat others is the way God's gonna deal with us. And if we refuse to show patience, if we refuse to show mercy, if we refuse to show compassion and kindness toward others, God's going to deal with us the way that we habitually deal with others. Why do we need patience? We need patience to maintain unity. You got your Bibles? Look at Ephesians chapter four, verses one through three. Ephesians chapter four, verses one through three. We know the seven ones, Ephesians four, verses four through six. But before you ever get to the seven ones, there are attitudes that Christians need 
in order to maintain unity. There are attitudes and there are doctrines. And both of those things must be held with equal fervor, with equal zeal. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and with gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. If you don't have those attitudes, if I don't maintain those attitudes, there's going to be a lack of unity in the church, a lack of unity among God's people. Patience is essential to maintaining unity. You know what that means? We aren't always going to see everything eye to eye as brothers and sisters in Christ. On matters of doctrine, there is no area for compromise, but in matters of opinion, in matters of expediency, those things can be areas where we show patience and kindness and compassion and humility. It's essential to maintain unity, patience is. Patience is needed because it's also essential for teaching the gospel. When I was in preaching school, there was a great emphasis. They were training us to preach the gospel. There was a great emphasis on doctrine and preaching sound doctrine. And that is absolutely essential. What we say and how we say it is essential. The idea that we're preaching from God's word must be maintained. People must come, come away with the idea that his word has been uplifted and upheld before people's eyes. But you know what Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2 when he talks, talks to Timothy about preaching? Preach the word, Timothy, with all long-suffering and doctrine, patience and doctrine. And in 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 through 26, the servant of the Lord must not quarrel. He must not be argumentative, but he must be gentle and patient toward all. There is a need for sound teaching in all of our ministries, every single one of us. But there's also a great need for patience. And brothers and sisters and friends, I don't always see as much patience in the way we deal with each other as I do doctrine sometimes. We are to be patient in our dealings with one another. And yet at the same time, call people continually back to the standard of God and encourage them to obey, the God, obey God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, but work with patience. It's essential for teaching the gospel. And for those who are evangelists, it's essential. That's the necessity of patience. Let's talk about this third. Patience is gonna be tested. It's gonna be put to the test. I was reminded this week in my own experience that once you go to the emergency room, had to take a loved one there, once you go to the emergency room, they label you immediately. You are now the patient. And everything that happens in the hospital demands patience, doesn't it? Those of you who've been to the hospital, you know what I'm talking about. They come about four o'clock in the afternoon and say, you're going to be discharged. And maybe about nine o'clock, you finally get discharged. You are the patient. You are waiting, constantly waiting. I'm thankful for our medical system. I'm thankful for what it's able to do. But there's a reason, I think, why they call you the patient. You got to wait on the doctors. You got to wait on, on the nurses, those kinds of things. Your patience is going to be put to the test. Three areas in which patients can be tested. Number one, our patience can be put to the test by this, by us needing to appreciate what difficult circumstances can do. Open your Bibles to James 2, or James 1, verses 2 through 4. James 1, verses 2 through 4, appreciating what difficult circumstances can do. Listen. 
Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces, and the ESV has steadfastness, but the word just means patience, endurance. The testing of your faith produces patience, and let patience have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know what that says, Christian? When you encounter trying circumstances, those can be used by God to build maturity, to build patience in you. Be patient in difficult circumstances and you can grow in your maturity. You can grow in your relationship with God. It's a test. Do I really believe that's true? Appreciating what difficult circumstances can do. Secondly, appreciating uh, the test of patience. There's the test of valuing people. I suspect that when you think about when it comes to being patient, where we need to be patient, we need to be patient with circumstances, number one, but sometimes we need to be patient with people. We need to think about the people in our lives. And let me just ask you to think about this question right now. Is there someone in your life, older, younger, same age, is there someone in your life that you need to extend more patience toward? Is there someone in your life that you need to show more compassion, more mercy, more patience toward this person? I'm so thankful that when God looks at us, not only does he see us for who we are right now, but he also sees us for what we can become by his grace and with his help. I believe Jesus saw that in the apostles, that when Jesus looked at those 12 men that he had called, he didn't just see them for who they were, Peter, Andrew, James, and John with all their warts and all their faults, but he saw them for the kind of godly men they were becoming. And you and I, if we wanna be properly patient, we ought to look at other people with a sense of potential and a prayerful optimism and we ought to show patience toward them. Philippians 2 verses one through four tells us that we are to esteem others better than ourselves. And when you think about Jesus and his treatment of the apostles, think about how many times the apostles let Jesus down. Jesus had to rebuke them or to call them back to sanity over and over and over those apostles. But Jesus never gave up on them, did he? And when you think about patience, we need to value people in our lives. Tests of patience. A lot of us need to learn better what it means to wait on God because we believe his promises. God has promised to do some things. God has promised to bless us. God has promised to deliver us. God has promised to save us. God has promised in so many ways, at so many opportunities, he's promised things to us and we don't always see the results, the fruit of those promises as quickly as we'd like. You think about Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That's true, that's a promise of God. All things work together for good, but we don't always see the good right now. We don't always see what could be possibly good from this circumstance. There's a need for us to be willing to wait on God, to trust in him. That's what hope is all about. Hope is an expectation that God is going to make good on his promises. Psalm 27, 13 and 14, the psalmist writes, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And then he says, wait on the Lord, be strong, let your soul take courage, wait, I say, upon the Lord. There's a need for all of us to be willing to wait on God to deliver and to save and to bless and to come through on his promises because he will. We need to be patient with him.
Then finally, the results of patience. As we think about the fruit of the Spirit, is God really having his way in my life? What are the results? What blessings come when patience is present? Very quickly, maturity. The difference between a two-year-old and a 20-year-old ought to be seen especially in the ability to show patience. Delayed gratification, think about it. Two, three, four-year-olds, they have less of that. 20, 21, 22-year-olds ought to have a great deal more of that. It's about maturity. And adults certainly ought to be able to have more of that. And God is saying to us, if we'll follow him, if we'll obey his word, if we'll think about the principles in this book, that he will help us to grow up. And part of being grown up is being patient. Patience helps us bear fruit, Luke 8, 15. You remember when it used to rain? (laughs) Back when it used to rain, we'd get some of those Houston rains and my yard, probably yours too, I I would wake up one morning and there'd be mushrooms. And if you know anything about the mushrooms around here, you can just walk out and you can just barely breathe on them and they'll fall over. They come up overnight, just out of nowhere, they're there. I don't wanna be like a mushroom, do you? When it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to serving the Lord, I don't want to just be one who springs up overnight and there's no depth and there's no root and there's no foundation. Things that happen really quickly, we ought to look just a little bit suspect at those things, just a little bit, because bearing fruit takes time. I want to be like an oak tree. Oak trees take a long time to grow and they grow small, they grow gradual, but when they are full grown, their roots are deep. Jesus said, When someone listens to my word and they take it into their heart, they're going to bear fruit with patience. It takes time for people to bear fruit and fruit is something that happens slowly, very frequently, Luke 8, 15. Stronger fellowship is a result of patience. If we could be patient with one another, if we can be kind and compassionate and think the best of one another, Romans 15, verse one, if we can be patient with those who are weak, God's word can be lifted up and God's way and God's will can be exalted. Stronger fellowship. Wisdom is a result of patience. In, Rome, uh, excuse me, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29, the Proverbs writer says, whoever is quick to anger lacks understanding, but the one who is patient in his spirit has great understanding, great knowledge. If we can be patient in a given circumstance and not just fly off the handle and say whatever comes to mind, if we can be patient, there's wisdom in patience. There's Christ-likeness in patience. The scripture says in 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 23, that Jesus, when he was reviled, did not revile in return, but rather committed himself to the one who judges righteously. I wanna be like Jesus in the way I treat others. And if Jesus could bear faults and insults, If Jesus could bear abuse and those things while entrusting himself to God who judges righteously, you and I, if we want to be Christ-like, we're going to have to be willing to do the same things. When we're patient, we're being faithful to Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 1 tells us, 
to lay aside the weight and every sin which so easily besets us and to run with endurance, to run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured, was patient with the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus has finished his race, and he invites us to follow him and to patiently run with endurance the race set before us. It takes patience, brothers and sisters and friends, to be faithful to Jesus. When we think about the fruit of the Spirit being patience, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is a, is a passage that was written to a church that was full of trouble, churches that were full of trouble. And a lot of their trouble was not necessarily doctrinal. A lot of their trouble was about the way people treated one another. Would people describe you as a patient person? Would your loved ones People in the church, would they describe you as a patient person? If the answer is no, you desperately need to let God's word have its way in your heart. And if the answer is yes, you still need to continue to allow the circumstances and the people and the promises of God, you need to allow yourself to wait in those difficult times to show patience because it's Christ-like and it honors God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a New Testament Christian. Did you know that God's been very clear and very patient in explaining to us how to become a Christian? God says, hear my word, hear the gospel, the message that Jesus Christ came to die for you so that you could be right with him, that you could have a relationship with God. Hear that message. Believe that Jesus Christ is the only one. He is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, verse 6. No one comes to the Father except through him. Confess that Jesus is God's son with your mouth. Make confession, Romans 10 verses nine and 10. Repent of your sin, turn from the ways that you've been living so that you can live for him and then be baptized. And when someone is baptized, they are coming into contact with the saving blood of Jesus Christ. And we're raised to walk in newness of life, Romans six verses three through six. If we can help you to make that decision this morning, maybe you need to respond and ask for prayers. Heaven's invitation is yours. Won't you come while together we stand and while we sing.